welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 8th of June 2014, entitled, To Be Moved With Compassion. And the Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Matthew chapter 9 this morning, a familiar passage of scripture as we look here today. But I trust that will be a blessing and God can speak to your heart through. Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 35, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Father, we do thank you for our time and your word again this morning. Father, thank you for preserving this word for us right down through the centuries. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives and dwells within us. Thank you for the confidence we can have today in knowing that, Lord, not because of who we are, but, Lord, because of who Jesus is, that even as we gather here today, that it's by the power of the Spirit that you can speak to hearts as no man can do. Father, you know each individual that is under the sound of this message this morning. Lord, I pray that it would not be man's message, but your message. I pray that hearts and minds would be focused upon what you have to say. I pray that distractions would be put aside. I pray that you would move and work in hearts as only you can. We will give you all the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen and amen. This is a passage of Scripture that... Of course, we have not only read here before, but we heard read during our missions conference last week. And of course, another passage that we read two Sundays ago in 1 John chapter 3, we read just a portion of that beginning in verse 16 again. Verse 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. I want to take just three words from the verse in our text in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. As we think upon the thought this morning, moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. Now, if you were not here during our missions conference last week, I can only say that 
you missed a tremendous, tremendous blessing. I stated during that conference that sometimes we can all be guilty of thinking, well, I know all about that. You know, I, I, I've, I've heard it and, and I believe it. And so, you know, I don't really need that. But I said to you with sincerity of heart that if it wasn't for anybody except the pastor, I've heard it all my life. I believe with all my heart that missions are the heartbeat of God. That's why Jesus came to this earth, that the lost might be saved. That's why he gave his life upon Calvary. And I say with absolutely no apologies that a church that has no vision for the lost, that a church that has no vision for missions, whether it be local, on their own doorsteps, or to the ends of the world, if you'll beg my pardon, is a worthless church. That's the purpose of the ministry of Christ. We looked at this passage in 1 John Sunday before last, and of course, as we were looking there, we were thinking primarily upon the whole idea of our giving, that whatever we have, that, you know, that we need to first of all give ourselves to God, but that we need to be willing to look around and not just talk about it, but to be willing to give of what we have for the needs of others, and in that passage particularly the brethren. We find as we look at this familiar passage here, because you see, I trust and pray that if you were here during the conference, that your heart was spoken to as mine was, and that God spoke to you in a way that was personal to you. But so many times, what is so easy for us is to maybe be moved with those missionaries that are before us and those messages that are being taught but then it's so easy just to slip right back into the, to the same rut if we're not careful. What I want to say to you is not only what are we going to do with what God spoke to us through that mission conference, but even as we look here this morning, you see, we, one of the things that we looked at was the difference in just being concerned and having a burden. It's one thing to be concerned about something. It's another thing for that concern to be so great that it weighs you down, that you feel that weight upon you. We find that what I want to go even a step further this morning is the fact that it's not just when we have that burden, when we truly have that compassion, what I want to talk about is being moved by that compassion, not just feeling sorry for somebody, not just recognizing and saying, yes, I know that's good and I know that that's a need, but what I'm saying is, what are we going to do about it? We find that in our passage here that first of all, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What was Jesus busy doing? He wasn't just sitting within the, the doors of the temple or the synagogue. He was out there preaching the gospel. He was going from city to city proclaiming the gospel that he came to die for. Interestingly, we find that this was prior 
to his dying upon the cross. But just as John had been sent before him as the forerunner to prepare the way when Jesus came, the message that he had was the gospel message that he was yet going to die for. We find that when he was out there, you see, we've got to get out of our comfort zones. We need to get out of the four walls of our church. We need to get out of the comfort of our own home and our own little life. We find that it was when he was out there that he saw the multitudes of people. And it was the people that it says when he saw those multitudes that he was moved with compassion. I've said before, what does that word compassion mean? It does mean to feel. It means to yearn. It actually means to hurt from your innermost part. What does the Bible teach us about this thing called compassion? You see, as I, as I share with you, I know, I know that as God spoke to my heart in these passages that so many times we can, we can feel something but do nothing about it. Jesus was moved with compassion. I'm saying today, not, let's not just feel compassionate for those needs of those poor people that don't have the gospel, that don't have any food, that don't have many of the things of this world. Let's not just feel bad for them. We need to be moved by the hurt that is within us. With all the miracles that Jesus Christ was performing, his concern was within meeting, was meeting the needs of those around him. He was always concerned for the others. He was moved with compassion, even to the point of instructing his disciples here in this passage to pray for more labors. As he looked and as he saw these people, it says he was moved with compassion because they fainted, they were weary, they were weighted down and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They had no guide to guide them. They had no protector to protect them. They were like a wandering sheep out there that has no shepherd, that has no one to tell it where to go. And that sheep, it can be such an innocent, cute little thing, but it'll wander right into Danger without ever realizing it. It needs to be cared for. It needs to be guided. It needs to be protected. And that's part of the shepherd's job. But he saw these people and they were like that wandering sheep with no shepherd. What did he say when he was moved with that compassion? He said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Just look. Boy, I mean, there's so many out there. There's such a harvest. There's so many. And of course, a harvest is something that is ready to be brought in. The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. And you know, if that harvest is left in the fields, if it's not reaped, if it's not brought in, then it just rots. We could look at many passages, but folks, it is absolutely, totally impossible that with everything that Jesus Christ did, with the compassion that he had, which was enough, as we just saw, that he proved that love by going and dying on the cross for us. 
It doesn't matter. It matters none whatsoever if the people never hear it, if they don't know what he did. We have that wonderful news. We have that truth of knowing. But as we look around us, there are many that don't know. We find that, you see, I believe that when we look at these two passages together, we know that he's talking about that this is how we know that God loves us because Jesus died for us. But he says we should be willing to lay down our life for our brother. You see, we find in these two passages that being moved with compassion, that he was moved to action here in Matthew chapter 9 towards the world. The harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few in all the world out there. And in 1 John chapter 3, towards the brethren, the compassion brings action towards those that are already in the kingdom and those that are still without. Our greatest example is Jesus Christ. And oh, if I had time to show you these passages, but you'll have to write them down and go and read them to cells yourselves because I have not the time, but Jesus Christ is our greatest example. We're reading here of his being moved with compassion. Well, when Christ was moved with compassion, we could turn forward just a little bit and we'd find in Matthew chapter 14, verses 14 to 21, we'd find it recorded also in Matthew chapter 6, verses 32 to 44, that when he was moved with compassion, he healed the sick. He taught them many things. He had the, the lad's five loaves and the, and the two fish, and he fed them all. We find in Matthew chapter 15, the next chapter, and also in Mark chapter 8, that he then fed the 4,000. He fed them all with seven loaves and a few small fish. You see, many times we look and we can see the great crowds and we can say, but I can't make a difference. What can I do? I'm saying that with Jesus Christ, you can make all the difference. That little lad, he only had five loaves of bread and two fish. And yet, Jesus took that and fed 5,000 plus the women and children. Amen. We find that, again, with seven loaves and a few small fish. What is that? What have I got when you look at... There's no way that I can do anything about that. I'm saying, when Jesus was moved with compassion, Jesus has the compassion. We find that, we find in Matthew chapter 20 that he healed the blind. Two blind men were sitting by the wayside. They, hearing Jesus pass by, they just cried out for mercy. In Mark chapter 1, he cleansed the leper. In Mark chapter 9, he cast out the, the foul spirit, a father whose son was possessed of this demon. He pleaded for compassion from Jesus, and Jesus acted upon that. In Luke chapter 7, he raised the widow's son. As he entered the, the city, he, he came upon a, a funeral possession as this widowed mother was burying her only son. But even death was not too much for Jesus. He teaches us in Matthew chapter 18 
about this law of forgiveness through compassion and mercy for others. He uses the, the story there to tell us about the Lord that had compassion and forgave a great debt, while the servant without compassion couldn't even forgive a small debt. To me today, they're, they're stuck where they are in their Christian life because somewhere along the way, somebody else has offended them. Somebody else has done something. Somebody else they feel owes them something. You see, the Bible shows us that it's through compassion that we will have mercy. No debt is too great. Our sin debt is forgiven because of his compassionate mercy towards us. He teaches us in Luke chapter 15 that it's through the compassion that he welcomes us back with loving arms after we have, have strayed. The simple truth is, is that so many times Christians do stray. Christians get away from that point and God willing, this evening, we'll be asking ourselves that question because I've never, ever known a true child of God, somebody that was truly saved, somebody that was genuinely born again, that decided, well, I'm going to just quit three months from now, six months from now, 12 months from now. I'm going to quit. I've had enough of this. You see, the problem is, is that so often, Christians have quit before they even realize that they've quit. <laughs> what I want you to realize here is that it is because of compassion. It's because that our Lord hurts for us. Whether it's the lost or whether it's those that are his that belong to him, it's his compassionate mercy that means that he's there waiting for us. I want to give you three simple thoughts to hopefully carry away with you this morning. You see, to be moved with compassion. Let's not be hearers only. Let's be doers. Let's not just talk about how much we love and how we care and not even just feel within us these things. But I'm saying as Jesus Christ, let's be moved with compassion. If we're going to be moved with compassion, the first thing we need to do is we need to be able, willing, Ready to relate to the needs of others. Our lives get so inward focused. I've got all these things I've got to do and I've got all this pressure and I've got all this building up that I just, you know, I know that that needs to be done and I know that it's important. If you turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, you see so many times it's easy to see in Luke chapter 10, it's another familiar passage. And I thought as I was reading this, you know, there are lots of illustrations that I could give you this morning that to give you a picture of what compassion is all about. But then I thought, well, what greater illustration than the one the Lord gives us himself? In Luke chapter 10, verse 30, it's a familiar story it says, and Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, 
there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now here is this one that was traveling and on his way, the Bible teaches us, from Jerusalem to Jericho, but the thieves were there. Now, this can be applied in a practical or a spiritual manner. The, there is no greater thief than, Jesus, than, 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 than Satan himself. And of course, this thief stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and left him half dead. The first person that came by was a, was a priest. I mean, he was a religious leader. And he saw him when he saw him. It wasn't that he didn't recognize, that he didn't see it. When he came by, he saw this man laying there half dead. But when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. How many times? Somebody hurting. Somebody that's down. Somebody that needs help so very much. And we're just so engrossed in our life and maybe doing good things that we just kind of avoid getting involved. We see it, but we don't do anything. And likewise, a Levite. Who was the Levite? They were the keepers of the temple. These, again, were those spiritual leaders. When he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. It wasn't because he didn't see and know the need. You see, you can't. You can't look around you. You can't have eyes even half open and not see that there's a need. But here, these spiritual leaders, they saw, they looked, but they passed by on the other side. But notice what made the difference when it says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, at this point, they're all in the same boat. They've all come by. They've all seen him. But there's something different. The Bible says he had compassion on him. He related to this man. He related to his hurt. He felt with inside of him what that man that was half dead. It wasn't just a knowledge. It wasn't just seeing it. It wasn't just knowing it. But he had compassion upon him. He related personally to that person's needs and those wants. If we're going to be moved by compassion, if it's going to be more than just a sad story to us, if it's going to be more than just some facts that we know, we've got to be moved as this Samaritan was here. We find that he related to this one. And what happened? He went to him. He bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he had departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Which... One of these, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell amongst thieves. You see, the difference, the difference was a compassion that moved him. He related to this one. He didn't just see it. He didn't just know about it. He didn't just have a, 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 a concern, but 
I care, but I, I just don't have time to get involved. He was moved to the point by compassion that he stopped. And he not only did all he could, he took him to where he could get other help. He did all that he could, and even when he had to leave, he left his money behind to make sure that his needs were met. And he even went as far as to say, look, if that's not enough, you just go ahead. His need is the most important thing. If it costs more than that, when I come by again, I'll make sure. I'll pay you the difference. Whatever it is, make sure that his needs are met. He was moved with compassion. He related to the needs of that one that was laying there. Jesus was so concerned. When he was moved with compassion in our passage here, when he didn't just see the multitudes, but it did something within him. He hurt within. He was moved with compassion for their needs. He related. He related to those needs, whether they were their basic daily needs, whether they were physical needs, emotional needs, most of all those spiritual needs, whatever their need was. He related to it. He felt, and the Bible teaches us over and over, he did it again. I get asked a lot of times. I was asked again even just this past week. Preacher, what should I do when I pass somebody on the street that's there and they are begging for money or whatever? Have you ever been, well, you can't have gone into the city without maybe being put in that position sometimes. And I, my simple answer was, look, I can't tell you what to do. I know that on the one hand, that sometimes we can be fearful of how it would be used. I've never had anybody ask me for food and not try to give them food. I think you have to take those individuals. All I'm saying is you have to make that choice yourself. Is it genuine or is it not? There are certain things. And, you know, you have to make your own choices. And I'm not saying you make your decisions the way I do. You know, if I meet somebody out there that's begging for money and I can see that from the things around them and I can make a list long that, you know, they might be wasting that money, then I'm not going to do it. If they want food, I may take them and get them something to eat. At the same time, there are genuine people out there that are hurting, that are in need. You have to decide. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, the decisions aren't always easy. I'll tell you this. I'd rather give somebody something that I've been taken advantage of than to pass by somebody with a genuine need and not meet it. Let God help you with those things. But the thing is, is that many times we don't have to have those questions. Many times we don't have to question whether the need is there. Many times it's so clear as this one that was found half dead. It's obvious. Are we going to just pass by on the other side? We saw this past weekend. We saw needs of other parts of the world both through video and missionaries that were here with us. We can see those needs. We can know that the, that the need is out there is phenomenal. I'll say to you, the needs of our city are phenomenal. There is so much that we could be doing that we're not doing. There is a tremendous amount of ministry that could take place right here in our city if we were truly moved with compassion as Jesus was. We find that 
Jesus was always present with compassion to strengthen, to comfort, to heal, to forgive, to pardon the transgressor because he hurt for them. If we're going to be moved with compassion, I'm saying simply, folks, first of all, we've got to relate to the needs of others. We can't just push it aside. We can't just see it as something that we know about and maybe recognize. We need to feel it. We need to hurt with them. We need to relate to where they really are in their lives, spiritually, physically, whatever that it is. We've got to relate to them if it's going to make a difference. Not only do we need to relate to the needs of others, but we need to respond to the call of our Lord. You see, we find that he tells us in this passage here. But first of all, there in 1 John chapter 3, he told us very, very, very clearly there in verse 17, but whoso hath the world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now here, he's talking about the brother. But he's talking about those physical needs that are there to be willing to give what we have because we genuinely are relating to the needs of someone else that we're going to respond to what Jesus Christ has told us to do about it. You see, with the loaves and the fish, the disciples thought it was hopeless. The lad had so little. Everybody would have laughed. But what did it take? It just took simply giving what they had. Jesus was the great resource. Jesus was the one that was able to fed them. They had to simply give what they had. With the good Samaritan, Yes, he was on his way. It took time out of his life. It took time out of what he had to do. And it took some of his personal possessions because he had compassion. He responded. Jesus said, go and do thou likewise. He said, this is what we ought to be doing like the Samaritan, not like the priest, not like the Levite, but like the Samaritan that was moved with compassion. We saw in some of those things that we mentioned, the Lord, with unqualified forgiveness for all of those debts, ourselves and our love for the Lord, we find that he tells us that if we're not willing to act, if this is just a bunch of words to us, how can we go about saying that the love of God is within us? We find that Luke chapter 6, verse 38, I think we forget sometimes. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. That's God's law of divine increase. Give, and it will be given to you. 
Yes, with the same measure, but it's going to be shaken and pressed down and running over because God will always give more. Often the greatest increases are not just in the physical, but in the spiritual. What God does for us spiritually. You see, God wants to bless us so that we in turn can be a blessing to others so that Jesus Christ can shine through our lives just as Jesus went around from city to city preaching the gospel and meeting their needs. Jesus still wants to do that work through you and I today. Jesus wants to, he wants us first of all to give what we have. He wants us to do it right where we are. We sang that earlier. Jesus, take me as I am. I can come no other way. See, the truth is, there's a hungry world out there that needs to be fed. And yes, many of them need to be fed physically, but even greater, they need to be fed spiritually. Without the spiritual food, they can never have life. They will perish. They will die. There is no question about that. We find that you see, to be moved with compassion, we need to really genuinely relate to the needs of others, but we need to respond to the call of our Lord. He has sent us out there. He even here in our text, he told them, the harvest truly is plenteous. The labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Have we been moved with compassion enough that we genuinely get, on, genuinely get on our face before God and pray that God would send workers, that these needs can be met here locally in our city and to the ends of the world? I'm saying that, that we need, we need to relate to the needs of others and we need to respond to the call of our Lord to do something about it. And if we will relate to their needs, and if we will respond to his call to go and do likewise, then we must rely upon the resources of our Lord. We can't do it, folks. The needs of our city are too great. The needs of the world are too great. Even through the compassion of Christ, you see, the disciples, the first thing they saw was their inability to feed all those thousands of people. You know, the first thing, they, their, their first intention was, well, we need to send them away because there's no way. They're hungry. But we don't have anything to feed them with. We find that they recognize their inability. But as they recognize their inability... They had to rely upon Jesus. You see, we have to learn. It is, but as we see the task, it ought to burden us. It ought to give us compassion, compassion that will move on us to where that as we relate to those needs that will respond to the God's call to go where we are, wherever we are, with whatever that we've got to go. And as we go to rely upon him because he promised to go with us every step of the way, he promised to give us everything that we needed. You know that he promised 
to answer our prayers. I think sometimes people are not only afraid or not only don't pray for laborers because they just simply don't have the compassion to move them to get on their knees before God. They don't really hurt for those people. They know that they're there. They see that they're there. They know there's a truth that they need the gospel, but they're not moved within their hearts. You've heard me say many times, sometimes maybe our first prayer is, God, do something with me. <laughs> Let me feel what you feel for these people. We find that sometimes I think when we do feel what the Lord's feeling, we're afraid. <laughs> we pray for God to send forth laborers. He might want us to do something. He might want us to be one of those laborers. In Mark chapter 9, the disciples had tried and failed to be able to cast out the foul spirits before Jesus. You know, they were simply trying to, to do it themselves, and they were, they were good people. They were followers of Christ, and yet, notice what it says in Mark chapter 9, verse 28 and 29. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Why couldn't we cast this demon out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, I don't mean to be mean. When was the last time that your compassion for your loved ones that are lost and going to hell, for your neighbors that are lost, for the people of our city, for the multitudes that we heard about, when was the last time that your compassion moved you enough that you were willing to push away from some of that physical food and spend that time on your face before God in prayer instead? We seem to think that somehow this thing of fasting and praying is a thing of the past. These disciples here were helpless. They needed to rely upon a power that was beyond them. He said, you're not going to be able to do this unless you're willing to fast and pray, unless you're willing to get through to a power that is beyond your own. I'm saying we talk about it. There's something there. We may be concerned, but to be moved with compassion means that we're going to not only relate to the needs of those people and respond to God's call for us to go and do something about it, but to rely upon a power that's beyond ours. There is nothing that is too great for him. There's no task that's too great. There's absolutely not a soul that is unsavable, oh yes, by us, but not by God. You see, the source of our help is Jesus Christ. We talk about him being all-sufficient and all-wise and all-powerful and all-loving. We talk about him being ever-present. But are we moved with compassion for the lost and truly relying upon him to accomplish a work that we don't have time for, that we don't have the money for, that we don't have the means to, but we're willing to give him ourselves and give him what we have right where we are and rely upon him to meet the need. You see, I don't care what the need is. I don't care how impossible the task seems with Jesus. 
all things are possible. And I'm saying, folks, he didn't give us this job so that we could fail. He promised to be there with us, to meet our every need. We need to learn. And the greatest example of compassion the world has ever seen, that's from our Lord. We need to learn to truly relate to the needs of those others as he did. And we need to be moved with that compassion. Because when we feel what he felt, when we hurt like he hurt, it will move us to do something about it. And we need to respond to his call to go and do likewise, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to do everything that we can to meet the needs of those around us. And we need to learn to rely upon him, not just what time we have, not just what possessions that we have, not just what abilities that we have, but to go and rely upon him. He is all-sufficient. He is all-powerful. He can accomplish it for us. You see, that's what I want to encourage you today. Thank God. Thank God for our missionaries that have gone around the world. Thank God for their willingness and their time to come and share with us. I trust and pray that in the year ahead, we can be of greater support to them, that we can be moved with compassion enough to honestly pray for them more than we ever have before. I know. We talked about it. We talked about it Sunday before last. I know we all will reach a point if you haven't reached it yet, that you're doing everything that you can financially for God's work, well, you can reach that point. You will reach that point if you haven't. But that doesn't mean we quit. That means we have to rely upon him as never before. Our God is sufficient. But if we really don't have the faith to put that into practice, it's not going to happen. But I'm saying it's not just the giving. We see over and over and over, we've all, each and every one of us, been told to go. We've been told to go. We need the compassion that Jesus Christ had. When we'll relate to others' needs as he did, when we'll respond as he has told us to, and when we will rely upon him to do that work through us, you know what? Your mind can't even begin to imagine what God will do through you. Let's not just put these things aside and get back into our rut and just coast along. But I'm saying, let's say, God, what do you want me to do? Right now, right where I'm in, what can I do? You've got all of me. It's going to start by God needing you. The problem is God doesn't have us most of the time, so he's not going to have what we have. He wants you just like you are. And he'll take you just like you are. And he'll take and make you into something that you could never even imagine. Make you into something that Jesus Christ himself can show through and use. Today, let's not just know it's a good idea and let's not just believe it. Let us be a people that are moved with compassion as our Lord was and as he taught us to be. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we know that...
You have blessed us so much, Lord, with our conference and the missionaries that we heard and the sermons that we heard preached. Lord, I know that you challenged my heart this week that so many times it's so, so easy to enjoy it, to accept it, but to really do nothing about it. Lord, I know that you spoke to this preacher's heart that today, Lord, we need a compassion that moves us. We need to be moved with compassion as Jesus Christ was. Lord, I pray that you would help us today not just to know about, but to genuinely relate to the needs, Lord, of those around us, of those around this world, the tremendous, tremendous needs, so many that have never one time heard the gospel, so many that don't even have the words God, so many that need somebody to come and tell them. Father, I pray that you would help us to respond to your call, to go and do likewise as the Samaritan did, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to rely upon you. We know the task is big, but help us, Lord, not to be put aside by thinking, well, that can't be because there's no way we can do that. Help us to realize, Lord, that if we are truly moved with compassion, if we see those needs and relate to those needs, respond to your call, that we can rely upon your resources to meet our every need. Help us, Lord, to be a people of action. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. <music> 